We are back with our season reviews today, and uh, today we're going to be looking at Eric Robinson, who is one of the more underrated Blue Jackets players, I think. That's what's coming today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the news, the stories, everything you could want to know all about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day or your first watch of the day. Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, then... Uh, why not, is uh, is all I have to say to that. Like I said at the top of the show, today we're going to be talking all about Eric Robinson, who had career highs in basically every number that you could want him to have highs in, and uh, he's really kind of coming into his own as one of the bottom six Blue Jackets. So uh, I guess we'll start off. The thing to me, I think, that a lot of people forget about Eric Robinson is he was undrafted. So he was basically a free prospect, is kind of how I think of undrafted college free agents. Um, he did four years at Princeton, uh, so smart guy. Uh, a fun Eric Robinson fact is that apparently he can solve a Rubik's Cube in under two minutes. Uh, he did it on... Uh, one of the Blue Jackets behind the battles, I think. So that was uh, cool and fun and not related to his hockey playing at all. Just as a person who has never, ever in their life solved a Rubik's Cube and has uh, given up on ever being able to solve a Rubik's Cube, I thought that was uh, worth mentioning and also just a fun little a fun little Eric Robinson story. Um, Eric Robinson, smarter than this podcast host, is, is what we'll say about that. Um, but yeah, I always assumed he was a Blue Jackets draft pick. For some reason, and he's not. He was uh, undrafted, like I said, did four years at Princeton, wore the C for the last year of it, and then joined the Blue Jackets when his season finished. Uh, he's been with the Blue Jackets since 2017-18, kind of. Uh, he did. He played one game that uh, that season, I assume, just a kind of a, a show-me game. Like, hey, let's see what we've got. This guy has signed his entry level. Let's, let's give him a game and see what happens. Um... And after that, he kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, he split time between the Blue Jackets and the Monsters for the next two seasons, uh, heavily weighted in one direction. First, uh, 45 games with Cleveland, 13 games with Columbus in 1819, and then flipped that 50 games with Columbus, 14 with Cleveland in 1920. And then uh, the 2021 season, he played 56 games with the Blue Jackets and... Uh, also got to play in the World Championships, which is neat. Uh, and then this season, he played 67 games for the Blue Jackets. So it seems fair to say that he is no longer a prospect and a now a full-time Blue Jacket. Um, I've kind of been joking around with, with Eric Robinson for a little bit. I always call him, like, Josh Anderson light. Because he does have a similar style of game, which appears to just be runaway train. Um but the difference, I think, is that Josh Anderson has slightly better hands. Um, the other joke I've been making is that when Eric Robertson's hands catch up to the rest of him, he's going to be a really great player. Um, and we did kind of see that this season. Um, he really kind of, and I know, 
again, people are like, well, he's only a fourth liner. What does it, what difference does it make? But I think if you're scoring ten goals as a fourth liner, uh, making one point six, I think one point six, one point seven. Um, let's pull up the cap friendly page so I can reference that in a minute. Um, I'm really happy with Eric Robinson's performance this season. He had 27 points in 67 games. So what's that? A point, just under half a point a game. If I'm doing my math right, I'm probably not. But 27 points in 67 games for a fourth liner making 1.6 million. A guy that was undrafted. A guy that this is his second full season. I would say, with the Blue Jackets. Uh, third, depending on how you count full seasons or not. Um, I, I've been pretty happy with, with Eric Robinson's development so far. I do think he still has places to go. He's still young-ish. He's he's 27, so like he's not a baby. But I do think there are still steps to his development that he can take. Um, he was one of those guys that I thought needed to take a step forward. This offseason, and uh, he did uh, last season. He only had 18 points in 56 games. This season, obviously, we mentioned 27 in 67. So, uh, yeah, on the surface, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with, with Eric Robinson. Uh, in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about this season specifically and what I thought he did well, what I thought he could improve on. Uh, that's coming up in a minute. First, I want to tell you all about Built Bar, because Built Bar have got yet another incredible flavor uh this one is actually a returning flavor um from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds you've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar that's one of my personal favorites but guess what they have given them the puffs treatment and now coconut brownie chunk built puff is here it is a chewy soft delicious marshmallowy bar with chunks of brownie with a coconut flavor covered in 100 real chocolate and on top of all that, they are also super good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high deliciousness. They're in here for a limited time though, so go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste incredible. And the best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free. They are the perfect treat. When you've got a craving, when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, I did a hike last weekend and I took a bunch of Built Puffs with me to give me that energy to keep me going over the... Uh, hills of england so stop fantasizing about delicious coconut rich sweet brownie and cream marshmallow and get to built.com right now to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now go to built.com use promo code locked 15 you can get 15 percent off your order once again that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs or any other flavor but honestly you should get the coconut brownie chunk built puffs now so let's talk eric robinson um in kind of broader broader strokes um something that really impressed me about eric robinson was uh he spent a bunch of time on the penalty kill this season which uh pretty fun um the blue jackets lost a lot of their good penalty kill players this season um obviously cam atkinson went um nick felino was a big penalty kill guy. Um, Dubois played on the penalty kill. Um, I'm trying to find his uh, his numbers for his shorthanded time, but uh, yeah. So, like to put it bluntly, the Blue Jackets needed new 
the people that can kill penalties. Um, like a David Savardware, that's another one. Um, obviously, with slightly different role as a defenseman, but Eric Robinson, I feel like, has that something that he does really well obviously is he is super fast in a straight line uh he's pretty fast like lateral movements as well but his real real skill and something that has burned teams especially on the penalty kill is his just straight ahead speed um kids got wheels and he will outskate almost anyone uh if he gets if he gets going um i think he could probably outskate 90 percent of this league in a straight line um and that's that is a great skill for a penalty killer to have because if he gets the puck and just goes, like they've got to catch him. Even if he goes and then you know takes a shot on the goalie from like fifty feet away, just as he's coming off the blue line, and then skates off for a line change or goes after it or whatever. Like he he was a really good penalty killer this season. I think um, I don't have the numbers to back me up just yet. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, I am a big fan of what he did on the penalty kill this season. I, like, I'm a big fan of what he did in terms of, like, um, what's the word I want? In terms of his, like, even strength play as well. But I, uh, I'm a big fan of what he did in terms of his shorthanded work and i think that's uh on a team that struggled hilariously so with the power play i think having a guy like eric robinson that with uh, with the penalty kill excuse me they struggled with the power play as well but that's a different that is a different story um with his kind of overarching not overarching, but his his skill. I don't have the penalty kill numbers up. I can't find them. That's fine. Um, I'm like for me that was that was the big thing for Eric Robinson this season was kind of coming into his own as a penalty killer. Um, on a team that, like I said, struggled hilariously with killer penalties. Um, I will find the the stats to back me up. I promise at some point, not in this episode though. Um. The NHL.com stats site has failed me. But that's that's the big thing for me, I think, is is the penalty kill was good. The even strength play was also pretty good. Like I said, fourth line, no one really expects a lot. Um But he he was he was fine. He was serviceable. Um obviously there was some kind of moving around throughout the season, but I think by the end of it, that Robinson Corrali um Taxi Airline was really, really good, right until Texier got injured. And then I think Eric Robinson and Corrali mostly stayed together, and then they put, like, I don't know, Brendan Gaunt or someone on that line, and it was, again, it was effective. It was good. Um, I'm not unhappy at all with, with Robinson's play, um, and I don't think many other people were as well. I did the, the Twitter poll. I did it on, like, Monday and then got distracted by all of the news happening. But uh, if I just pull up some of the... Uh, some of the comments I had, a uh, shout out to Robinson's Renegades, who is the uh, the the uh, premium Eric Robinson fan, who had a bunch of stuff to say about Eric Robinson. 
But uh, yeah, to comment, uh, Robbie has the speed to burn and tools to use. If he's used on the PP and the PK uh, with him playing with curls, that makes him that much more dangerous, especially when they're on five on five. Samal said, as a season ticket holder, watching Robbie play live is thrilling with his speed and tenacity. My son's favorite player, and I'm looking forward to seeing him take off this upcoming season. And I agree with both of those things. I think he's a, like I said, I don't know that he's a like underrated player in the way that Bjork Strand is. I don't ever think we're going to get to the point where it's like, man, you know who should be getting votes for this award is Eric as uh, Eric Johnson. Wow. Eric Robinson is going to be getting votes for whatever. I don't ever think he's going to challenge for the scoring lead on the team. But for what he is, which is an undrafted college free agent and a... Uh, bottom six guy on a very reasonable deal that I think extends to next season. Um, yeah, we've got him for, we've got him signed up for next season and the season after that. And then he is a UFA. So again, for 1.6 million, even if he like, he can have a blowout season next season and we're still, we're still all good in terms of like money and contracts and whatnot. Um, but again, because I've done all of these things and I haven't graded, on a curve, I don't think. I still don't really understand what that means, but I've kind of been grading players in a vacuum and kind of looking at how has this fourth liner done? How has this second liner done? How has this rookie done? You know, and I think that's why, you know, guys like Justin Danforth got a B, um, despite, again, being kind of a, a bottom six guy. Cole Sillens, you got an A, despite being a rookie who's only got, like, 30-something points, you know, in a in a the grand scheme of things. Like, I don't know that he does get an A, but if you look at him, like, in context, I think, yeah, he gets an A. And um, the people seem to have given Eric Robinson an A as well. I probably would have given him a B, personally speaking, uh, but I am willing to acquiesce to the people. Uh, it was a fairly even split, actually. Um, 45% of people gave him an A, 23% of people gave him a B, 32% of people gave him a C. Again, I could have seen arguments for any of those numbers. I personally would have gone with the minority and given him a B. Um, I do think he has another level that he can get to, especially, you know, he really shone when he had consistent line mates. And the fact of the matter is that the bottom six kind of moves around a lot. Like, it's not the same as the top six, where if you find a line that's working, you stick with it. I always feel like the bottom six is the the first chunk of lines to get scrambled. Um, and so when he was playing with Corrali and Texier, he was really good. When he was playing with Corrali and... Um, Danforth or Crowley and, and Gorns, I thought he was good. But when you start being like, let's just put three random bottom six players together um, and then we'll have a different line next game and then a different line the game after that to try and figure out what's working. I think it's, um, I think that's when the inconsistencies start to show in his game. And so I think, you know, I talked a little bit about the, like what I think he needs to improve on. And unfortunately, I think the things that he needs to improve on are things that are kind of out of his control. You know, it's things like, can you stay healthy all season? Um, I don't know if he was out because he was, I think he was injured for a little while. Um, he missed a chunk of games between January and March. Um, he missed basically the entirety of February um, due to an injury. I don't remember what that injury was, but that was... Again, not great, and he, again, his his average time on ice this season was surprisingly, surprisingly high. I don't think he played under 10 minutes in any game, which, I mean, okay, here we go. I can see where he got injured, because he only played two minutes on the January 31st game versus Florida, um, and then missed a month. So you can see, you can see where the injury happened, but 
that game aside, he didn't play under ten minutes, which I think is like I'm I'm not I'm not mad about that. I think again consistency. I don't like it when they make the good players play like twenty five minutes a game. I don't think it's necessary. I think it shows real weaknesses in your lineup, and I think that's something that the Blue Jackets did pretty well this season. Like as a whole, was um taking players who maybe should maybe on like in other circumstances would have been playing 25 minutes and being like actually no we're going to play you 20 minutes a game see how much more effective you are then um this didn't work super well for the defensemen and we're going to get into the defensemen you know when we finished all of the forwards i think we're about halfway through the forwards because so many people played for the blue jackets this season but the blue jackets forwards i thought who had a really good spread of yeah no like everyone played i think between 10 and 20 minutes on average which is really great um you know we won't discuss the zach Wierenski, andrew peak playing 27 minutes a night occasionally thing because again that's it is what it is it's fine it's fine um that's that's a story for that's a that is a complaint for a different podcast but on the whole like I said, pretty happy with, with Eric Robinson uh, and my hopes for next season you know, that he keeps doing what he's doing um, and maybe scores a couple more goals. Um, I used to call him, my French used to call him Stonehand Robinson because he would get he would get so many breakaways and then never score on any of them. Uh, and it seems like he's doing better. His hands have definitely improved. And I think if he can take another step in that direction, then you know he's going to take another step toward being that kind of Josh Anderson light that... Uh, I think he can be, and I think he's a really good... So, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but I've noticed some... Well, I've noticed one beat reporter for Columbus talking a lot about how Columbus needs some grit and some size in the draft or in free agency or whatever because apparently they're getting bullied and there's a lot of, like, made-up receipts flying around. But um, I think that if the Blue Jackets want someone with grit and with size, I think they could do worse than Harry Robinson. He's already on the team. He's not a goon. He's not a fighter, but I don't think that the Blue Jackets need a fighter anyway. Um, he refuses to be bullied. You know, he's big. He's fast. He can hit. Um, how many hits did he have this season? Oh, it's not going to show me. That's fine. Um, but he also knows how to stay out of the box with that as well. He only had 18 penalty minutes, so clearly he knows how to toe the line. Um, and I don't know, I feel like a lot of these, like, let's go out and get someone like Ryan Reeves, or let's go out and get, God, I don't know, I've gone completely blank on any other guy that does that kind of thing, because there's just not a lot of, or let's go out and get Pat Maroon, for example. Um, and I don't think the Blue Jackets need that. I really don't. And I think they, they have what they need in terms of physicality right here. So... Why would they give up draft picks for someone who's not going to improve the team beyond taking penalties and hitting guys? Which you shouldn't want to be, you shouldn't be hitting guys anyway because you should have the puck. But that's beside the point. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of all I've got for today. If if we uh, we move on from that little that little tangent, that's a, that's a, again that's a whole rant that I have stored up for a future episode probably. Um, I've been Joe Foster. You can find this person me. That's you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J A K O B F O R S T E R. You can find this podcast at L O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. 
uh, I am on YouTube. If you haven't, if you haven't found your way to YouTube yet, uh, the Lockdown Blue Jackets is over there. Locked on Blue Jackets. Uh, hit subscribe. Hit like. Hit watch. Whatever, whatever you've got time for in your day. Uh, Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on YouTube on every podcast platform. We're never going to make you pay for a Locked On product here. So uh, fill your boots, as uh, as my as my granddad would would say. Um, we've got all the content that you could ever want. Not just Blue Jackets, every every team. Pick a team. We've got a podcast for it. Um, except like three, but that's fine. What are the chances of you picking one of those three podcasts? Anyway, I have gotten incredibly off topic. Thank you all for watching, listening, making this your first listen of the day, your second watch, whatever time it is where you are. I appreciate you. Um, tomorrow, we're going to do another... Uh, review we're gonna do i think it's a neil bemstrom if again this this preview business is really testing my ability to remember who, who is where in the lineup of numbers uh yeah we're doing a neil bemstrom next so that should be uh that should be an interesting one there'll be a twitter poll going up if you have uh thoughts feelings about Emil bemstrom please feel free to share them over on twitter on email on youtube whatever you think um and until then make sure you stay locked on